Look at your neighbor and say, this is a special Sunday. Now, I want you to go in your Bibles if you have them or however you look up the word on your smartphone or your iPad to Matthew, the 21st chapter and the first verse. I'm going to be there in just a second. But I want to talk to you specifically about the significance of Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. And it was significant because it was the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a young donkey and declared who he was to the world. That he, he would announce to the world that he was the Messiah. You see, historians tell us or call this the triumphal entry. And most people don't talk much about Palm Sunday. This kind of gets pushed to the side because of what happens because of what happens on Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that Jesus gives his life. So, you know, people forget about it because of Good Friday. Or, and, and that's when he was crucified. And then, because of Sunday, the resurrection. I mean, that's next Sunday when we celebrate that. So people forget about what happens on Palm Sunday. So I want to talk about the significance of that. And we're going to read in Matthew, the 21st chapter and the first verse. It says... Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and you will send them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put, them on, and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others put branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before them and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now what we just read is known as the triumphal entry, and it's why we celebrate Palm Sunday. It is where Jesus reveals or is revealed and is celebrated publicly as the Messiah. It's the day that he goes public with who he is, the Christ, the Messiah. Now I want you to know that Palm Sunday was not an accident, that Jesus didn't just wake up on a Sunday morning, he said, hey, I think I'll go to Jerusalem today. Somebody, does anybody have a donkey sitting around? No, it was very purposeful and it was strategic. Palm Sunday was the day that Jesus revealed certain aspects about himself. And I want to talk about what was revealed in this day through Jesus, our Messiah. Number one, his identity is revealed. His true identity is revealed. You know, for much of Jesus's ministry, he had people or he urged people to be quiet about who he was. For example, you may know the story of the transfiguration. That was a significant day to the apostles in, in the mortal life of Jesus where he had his disciples, three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. They all walked up on top of the mountain with him. 
And there, the scriptures goes on to say that his, his clothes and his face and his body began to glow. What was happening was they were seeing him in all of his glory. They were seeing him the way we're going to see him one of these days. And he sat down and there he talked with, the Bible says, Moses and Elijah. And Peter decides that he's going he's to talk and he's going to say a few things about what needs to be done. And as he begins to talk, the voice of God speaks up. And those two, or those three, they hit the ground. Peter, James, and John, they fall flat on their face. And God begins to speak and says, listen to my son. This is my son. Listen to what he has to say. And as they began to walk down the mountain, the Bible says that Jesus' face was still glowing. And he says to his disciples, he says, don't tell anybody about what you just saw until I am raised from the dead. They didn't understand what he was talking about. Other people said about Jesus, they didn't say that he was the Messiah. They said, we've had a, we've got a, when they saw him perform miracles, they said, man, we've got a prophet that has risen among us like, like Elijah. And notice that he didn't correct them. He didn't say, no, I'm not a prophet, I'm the Messiah. He didn't tell anybody. It wasn't time. The Bible says that demons recognized him as the son of God. As Jesus would pray over people and and cast out demons, unclean spirits, they would say, I know who you are. It would speak through the person and say, I know who you are. You are the Christ. And Jesus said, shut up and come out of them. It was not time for him to be revealed. It was not time for for him to declare himself as the Messiah. That all changed on Palm Sunday. In Matthew 16, Jesus reveals himself to his disciples before he reveals himself to the world. Let me read that to you. Matthew 16. Well, let me just say this first. He takes a poll. As he's standing there in front of the disciples, he says to them, I have a question for you. Who do people say that I am? And one by one, they would give some kind of an illustration or example of who people were saying about Jesus. Well, some people think that you're Elijah that has been raised from the dead. And some people say that you're a great prophet that has been raised up among the people. And they began to explain more things and describe who they thought that he was. But then he said, okay, that's enough about everybody else. Who do you say that I am? Because... Basically, after walking with me for three years, if by now you don't know who I am, something's wrong. So he said to the disciples, who do you think or who do you say that I am? And the scripture says that Peter stood up and said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, that's right. And flesh and blood has not revealed that to your humanity. You didn't just get that because you thought of it. The Holy Spirit has revealed that to you. And know this, Peter. I'm going to build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's when Jesus began to reveal himself. In fact, the scripture says here in Matthew 16 and 21, he says, it says this, from from then on, from when on? From the, moment he, from the moment he revealed himself to his apostles. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. This is, this is Palm Sunday. He was about to go to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. And he would be killed, but on the third day he would, he would be raised from the dead. What was Jesus doing? He was revealing himself to his disciples. He had been in Jerusalem before, but he did not 
make this grand entrance like he did at the triumphal entry. He, he just would sneak in or he would walk in and he would perform miracles and then he would leave. But this was the time that he would reveal himself to the world. You know, there are things about Jesus that seem hard to understand. There are things that I don't understand about the scripture. There are things that I have said, I'm just going to have to believe that in faith and that I don't understand about my Lord and my Savior. I don't understand everything there is to know about him. But here's the deal. I understand that he longs to reveal himself to me in a very real way. And I tell people, I say, listen, if you want to understand that God exists, if you want to understand that you have a Lord and Savior that cares about you, I want you to begin to pray a prayer that Jesus will reveal himself to you. Another thing that I tell people is that if you want to know and understand about the Lord and Savior, then begin to read the scripture. Here's why. The Bible isn't just a book that we read and we pass. In fact, You can read the Bible and read it just as a regular book, and you can miss the point of the Bible. So many people read it from a skeptical point of view and without faith and not with an open mind, and they miss the point of the Bible because there are things in the Bible that don't make sense. Think about the things in the Old Testament, giants, angels, demons, parting of the Red Sea. All of these things are in the Bible. They're a little, I'm like, oh, man, that sounds like fairy tales. But if, but if you read it like that, yes, but if you read it from an understanding that the Bible isn't just a book, but it is 66 compiled books written from several different authors over 1,500 years, and every one of those books, why am I pointing at my computer? That's not a Bible. Every one of those, every one of these, those books, it's a good thing, this was convenient, having a Bible Every one of the 66 books in the Bible point to one person who would be the Messiah, and that's Jesus. What are the chances of that? People from different continents, people from different time periods, people who didn't know, all of them point to Jesus and proclaim, and and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, and talk about things that prophetically reveal who Jesus is. Jesus wants to reveal himself. It's not supposed to be hard. It's not, about, it's not supposed to be complicated. You know where people get hung up? Is they think the scripture and the Bible and religion, it's about rules and regulations. But I want to tell you something. Our faith is not about rules and regulations. Our faith is about relationship. Jesus reveals himself mostly through relationship. And relationship takes time and knowing. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Uh, think about how you get to know people. You don't reveal everything about yourself the very first time that you sit down and talk to somebody. What if you were to go out with a person, you're single, you were to go out with a guy or a girl, you sit down and you just told them everything there is to know about you. Check, please. Can I go? Check, please. But over time, you reveal yourself because knowing and relationship leads. I'm not going to tell you everything there is to know about myself. The first time we sit down and we have our first lunch, you think I'm crazy. You think this guy's a pastor and he has those problems. This guy's a pastor. There's no way I want to be a part of it. Man, if you have ever seen my family and me and my kids together standing in a public place, we can't be still. We're always moving. You look at us and you think, man, those people are crazy. 
If my, my daughter and I, if you saw us together sitting in one of these chairs, we'd be moving back and forth. We're always moving. I go to a movie. I can't, I can't sit in a chair. For, I got to get up and go walk around in the foyer, man. Golly, an hour and a half. How does anybody sit there? We're always got to be moving. I have like eight rocking chairs in my house because I don't want to be without a rocking chair. Because I always got to be moving. You say, man, at first that's annoying. If you were to spend some time with my family, at first that's annoying. And you're like, man, proof. I could ask people that are around us. You spend about three months with me, a lot of time with me, you're going to get your own rocking chair because you'd be thinking, man, this is really nice. How did I miss this my whole life? This is awesome. This is calming. This is where I do most of my thinking. Here's the point. God reveals himself. Our Lord Jesus reveals himself through relationship over time. And what happened on the very first Palm Sunday was Jesus was revealing himself to the world. The next thing that we see is Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, is that Jesus, he reveals himself through prophecy. His prophecy was revealed. And John 1 and 29 John the Baptist looks at Jesus as he's walking down a hill about to be baptized and he looks up at him and he points and says, everybody look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Everybody's like, that's, that's, that's not a lamb, that's a person. He was prophetically speaking that Jesus was coming into the world and what he was going to do is that he was going to take away that ceremonial sacrifice purpose, that, that Jesus was, was fulfilling a 500-year-old prophecy. You'd have to go back to the book of Daniel. Like 500, 450 years earlier than that, the, 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 the angel Gabriel visits Daniel, and he says, I want to sh- tell you something that nobody's going to understand, and you have to really study this stuff, and I'm not going to get really much into it, but he says, it's the prophetic, the infamous prophecy of Daniel's 77s. In other words, he's telling him when Israel, who was enslaved or in captivity at that time, when they go back home from their exile, when they go back home and they build a temple, get ready because this, there's this time clock. It's going to start and 450, 490 years, whatever it is, that's when This anointed one is going to ride into Jerusalem and put an end to ceremonial sacrifice. So Jesus was going in there and fulfilling a 500-year-old prophecy. I think that that's incredible. I think that's, that's, that's incredible that in our faith, our religion, we serve a Messiah. We serve a Savior that fulfilled prophecy. And here's the deal. Historians believe that they have it right down to the very weak. That, that, that when, from when Daniel prophesied and when they built the temple, that they, they believe that they have it down to the very week that Jesus wrote it and, and Jesus spent a few days in Jerusalem and then gave his life. I want to show you a, a Jewish calendar. This thing is a little bit confusing because this is the springtime of year. Above here, right here, is our dates and below is the Jewish calendar. So this is Palm Sunday, this, today the 25th. Okay, and this is Nisan, the Jewish calendar on the ninth for their calendar. This is basically a spring calendar for a Jewish calendar. And here's the deal. This is this week. The next week is Holy Week. Jesus rides in. He is arrested on this night. He is sentenced, and then he is crucified on Nisan the 14th. This is why Easter is always different, because we go by the Jewish calendar. We don't go by our standard calendar. We go by the Jewish calendar. So right here, 
Jesus is crucified. And here's the deal. This is what I was saying that historians believe that they have it right down to the week, even close to the day. Because every, Nisan 14, every, since Israel came out of Egyptian captivity, let me back up just for a second. You guys interested in this stuff? All right. This stuff excites me. I don't always explain it this, but when Israel is enslaved in, by Egypt, God is about to, remember the 10 plagues, he's about to send them out. The night before, or the, the, the Friday, it would be on Nisan the 14th, they sacrificed a lamb at three o'clock. And that would happen every single year. Every single year, this would happen until Jesus came. So that's what has been, for centuries, they've been sacrificing until Jesus came and put an end to it for centuries. They have been sacrificing a lamb at three o'clock. The Bible records that Jesus goes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He's in Jerusalem. He's arrested Thursday night. On, on Friday, he's crucified. And guess what time of the day he dies, according to the Gospels? Three o'clock. Isn't that awesome? Now, this is what I'm telling you. I believe that there's enough proof in the world that God exists. I'm, I mean, that... that w- Something didn't come from nothing. Obviously, something had to, there had to be a creator. You know, there, there's infinite time and there's a God. I, I believe that there is a God. But you know what? I, I like it when there's a little bit of proof. And if you're like me, it's always nice that there's a little bit of proof. Listen carefully to me. Our faith, our Messiah, the, the religious or the Christian religion is the only one where the Messiah fulfills prophecy. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day, he revealed himself and who he was by fulfilling a 490, 500-year-old prophecy. If you believe that, say yes. Jesus longs to reveal himself, his identity to you. He reveals himself through prophecy. And lastly, the significance of Palm Sunday was that Jesus revealed his glory or his glory was revealed. In Matthew 21 and 9, it says, Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is who who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest. That's where that song came from. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred, saying, who this? Why were they saying that? Let me tell you why. Hosanna in the Hebrew translates as save. In other words, they're saying, blessed is the one who comes to save us. These people have been looking for and it was prophesied that they would have on this week, on this day, they were looking for a Messiah. So they thought that Jesus was the Messiah that they were looking for. Just a few days before that, Jesus walks out where Mary and Martha were. Lazarus had died. He had been dead for four days. And this was all prophetic. It was all done on purpose. Jesus walked out there and he begins to pray before he raises Lazarus from the dead. He says this. He says, Lord, I thank you because you always hear me pray. And then he takes a sidestep and he says, and I know that you always hear me pray, but I'm not saying this for our sake. I'm saying this for their sake. He's saying this for the hundreds, maybe thousands of people that are standing around about to witness somebody being raised from the dead. 
So they will believe. So they will believe what? So they will believe that I am the one and I am doing what you called me to do and I am the one who's sent to be the Messiah. So when Jesus rides into Jerusalem, they were there when Lazarus was raised from the dead. So they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. But this doesn't make sense. Listen to this scripture. Even though it was prophesied for centuries, even though they believed they read the Old Testament prophets, they believed that this was the Messiah. Here he comes. There he is. Go back a few hundred years. Zechariah 99 says it like this. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. There he is, riding on a donkey. On a baby donkey. That doesn't look right. Shouldn't that be a, a steed, a, a white steed? I mean, shouldn't that be a war horse? I mean, he's coming in to conquer, to eliminate the Roman Empire. He's coming in to take over the world, to save the Israelites from all their oppression. Why is he riding a donkey? That doesn't even make any sense. There he is, prophesied for hundreds of years, for centuries, the man to save the world. There he is, welcome him. That's why they looked up and said, who is that? Who is this? But they missed it. And the people that were proclaiming, he is the Messiah, Hosanna, were the same people that in a few short days were saying, crucify him. He is not the person that we thought he was. He is not the Messiah that we believe. You see, they were expecting a conqueror. Even though it was prophesied that the first time that Jesus comes, he comes as a suffering Savior, an all-sufficient Savior. In order for us to have peace with God, Jesus would have to pay that price. So the first thing that he came to do is to allow us to make peace with God by giving his life, by becoming... 